present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. We welcome you to join us for a second week in the delightful spa town of Buxton. It was the Romans who first developed this area. It's recorded that they arrived in November 70 AD and discovered a warm spring. <laughs> but the Roman calendar was always a bit odd. In the 18th century, the Duke of Devonshire decided to develop the town's natural hot springs as a spa and to turn Buxton into a sort of small bath. <laughs> at which time he changed the town's name to B-Day. <laughs> Nearby is the cavern known as the Robber Pool, named after a notorious highwayman who lived there. However, when additional troops were needed to protect the town from attack, he was pardoned after he rode non-stop to London on an unsaddled wild stallion. His reward was a small plot of land where he tended his two acres. Surrounding Buxton are the beautiful hills of the Derbyshire Peak District, where many rock climbers enjoy their sport. And indeed, Sir Edmund Hillary came here to prepare before going off to Everest to become a double glazing salesman. <laughs> Other famous names associated with Buxton include Dave Lee Travis, better known to radio listeners as DLT, ever since he came second in the national Name That Sandwich competition. <laughs> And, of course, our very own Tim Brooke-Taylor was born here. And was recently honoured by being given the keys of the city. Buxton having specially revived the post of official town caretaker. <laughs> Although Buxton is set over a thousand feet up in the Derbyshire Peak District, there's more to this part of the world than just peaks. Quite the opposite. <laughs> As you learn when I say, let's meet the teams. On my left, Graham Gardner and Barry Cryer. And on my right, Harry Hill and Tim Brooke-Taylor. And getting yourself poised to score on the desk next to me, please welcome our lovely assistant, the delightful Samantha. We start with a round of words which have acquired new definitions. Many words change their meaning over time, and I'd like the teams to share with us some new definitions of existing words which they may have spotted recently. Barry, would you care to start, please? Uh, dildo. <laughs> Pickle pastry. <laughs> Harry. Telepathy. That's when you can't be bothered to turn over the TV. Graham. Splint, to run very fast with a broken leg. <laughs> Tim. Merciful, Liverpool's flooded. <laughs> OK, any old order now. Portly, shaped like a harbour. <laughs> Mutate. 
an art gallery for cats. <laughs> Mutate syllabub <laughs> to float like Scylla Black. <laughs> when Liverpool's flooded, presumably. Yeah. Plebiscite. Web page for common people. <laughs> Winch. A spanner belonging to Jonathan Ross. <laughs> Suffragette. Package holiday flight. <laughs> Raffia. The craft fair organised crime syndicate. <laughs> Tadpole, a quarter Polish. <laughs> Grandee, the old lady between Grand C and Grand E. <laughs> Abacus, Swedish swear word. Hogmanay, someone who may be considered to have too large a collection of a particular impressionist painter. Okay, the teams are going to sing along now with some well-known discs in the round called Pick Up Song. <laughs> Record researcher Samantha has been doing her regular stint down in the gramophone library where she tells me that the two old archivists have been getting a little fractious of late. They've been at each other's throats about which of them will represent the archive in judging the BBC's most shapely legs competition. To quieten things down, Samantha had to keep them apart all morning. <laughs> Since we're in an opera house this week, Samantha has chosen an appropriate selection of operatic arias and is now poised at the record desk, ready to give them a spin. You should sing along with the records, teams, until at my signal, Samantha turns the volume down. If on the music's return you're within a cheesy quaver of the original, I'll be awarding points, and points mean prizes. Yay! What? This week's prize is just the thing to delight the domestic fowl enthusiast who likes his chickens to be woken with a touch of luxury. It's this lovely electric tease made with built-in alarm cluck. <laughs> right, we'll start with you, Graham. I'd like you to accompany Jose Van Damme singing the Toreador song from Bizet's Carmen. Fifteen hundred people and only, well, none of them got it right. 
You now, Harry, I'd like you to accompany Roberto Alagna singing La Donna e Mobile from Verdi's La Traviata. Pensiero, sempre amabile, leggiadro fisa, <laughs> in pianto in riso, immenso nero, la donna immobile, calpui mal vento, muta da cento, e di pensiero, e di pensiero. Bravo, bravo. Tim, now, would you please accompany Victoria de Los Angeles <laughs> singing the habanero from Bizet's Carmen? Barry, would you please accompany Luciano Pavarotti singing Nessun Dorma from oh, Puccini's Turandot? Best of luck, Barry. All'alba vincerò, vincerò, vincerò. Okay, the teams are going to do a spot of acting for us now in the round called Sound Charades. This is based on the old TV favourite Give Us a Clue, where teams mime the titles of songs and books or films. In the original, the teams weren't allowed to speak, thereby causing gales of helpless laughter. In our version, the teams are allowed to speak. The master of the game for many years was Lionel Blair, whose skills became finely honed over the years. On one occasion, it took him but a matter of seconds to finish off Lucky Jim using only one hand. 
Okay. Tim and Harry, you're to start, please, and your titles now being exhibited on the laser display screen. For listeners at home, here's the mystery voice. The Long Good Friday. The Long Good Friday. Off you go. It's four words, and it's a film. Is it anything else, Harry? A DVD. <laughs> Probably. Possibly a video. Quite likely. And it goes like this. Cool. <laughs> it's really dragging today, isn't it? <laughs> Never mind, day after tomorrow, it's Easter Sunday. True. <laughs> It's a dead giveaway. It's uh, Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> it's the long, the short, and the egg. No, I think it's the long Good Friday. It so is. do I. Yeah. Here's a further title going up on the laser display board for you, Graham and Barry. And here's a mystery voice for listeners at home. Best in show. Best in show. Right, it's a um, film, and it's three words. Three words. It goes like this. Hamish! Ah. <laughs> Google, you'll have had your tea. I will. I know it was a matter of... Oh, good grief! <laughs> Whatever are you doing? I'm polishing this can of beans. Oh, well, that's a relief. But... <laughs> I... See, I brought it out. Oh, I couldn't see it under the kilt. But one... <laughs> Wait a minute. Why, might one inquire why? Well, I, I can't think it will have escaped your notice, old friend. This week it's the canned goods fair at our broth. Oh, so you're putting your beans into the competition? I, oh, yes. William Hill has me tipped. Oh, I'm sorry to hear it, but... <laughs> I remember the sight of you last year with the rosette on your cocktail chipolatas. Oh. <laughs> what a proud moment. Yes. I had tears in my eyes. <laughs> Anybody would. Yes. <laughs> well, I just hope you win. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Tins. Beans. I'm nowhere near this, are you? No, no. Bean, cans of beans is... Uh, home in on the beans. Can. Can or... Tin. Can't. Tin. The tin. The tin. Cat on a hot tin. tin. No, no. no. <laughs> there, there, there was a show on, but... Uh, the tin show. I was going yeah. to. Tin yes. show. Tin show. What's he having to what, be? What, would, what am Champion. I... What's my ambition, yes? Not tin the show. worst. Not the worst. The best. <laughs> <laughs> Tin Show Best You've is got not it. a very good film. Rearrange those words into a well-known well known film. title. Oh, really? oh, I've got it, yes. <laughs> Henry VIII. <laughs> <laughs> or it might even be Best in Show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's now time to play the game called Mornington Crescent. First, following our appeal for more listener reaction, I see we've received over 700 letters this week, and they come from a Mrs. Trellis of North Wales. She writes in one, and in fact all the others, Dear David Dickinson,
I can sum up why the BBC have your programme on TV every night in three words. <laughs> Cheapest chips. <laughs> Yours, etc., Mrs. Trellis. And there's a PS. I can tell by your face that stuff really does do exactly what it says on the tin. <laughs> Right, as this is Harry's first ever game of Mornington Crescent, we'll be playing the special children's junior version. <laughs> Teams, you may have to explain some of your moves to assist Harry, and audience, I hope you'll be helpful and encouraging. <laughs> to make things extra easy, Waterloo Mainline is irreversible if approached on the diagonal during a lateral pass. <laughs> actually, that almost makes it pointless playing, doesn't it? Well... well no, it doesn't. No, no, I don't. We've got to be fair. Well, that, uh, yeah, that's fair and fair. I mean, but they have widened the tunnel. Um, Look, keep out of this, young man. No, I think. Uh, <laughs> and we'll play it anyway. See how we'll it goes. Play. Yeah, but it's an overreaction. It's made it too expensive. Later, Harry. It's okay. All right. Well, we'll see how we go anyway. Tim, you can start. Kensington Park Gardens. Mm. I did that because it's a good mm. one. Oxford Circus. Mm. <laughs> trying to help. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Hounds, hounds no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get a thing about it, just <laughs> deep breaths. How's the West? Oh, oh, no, no. Oh, well, dear. No, well. <laughs> no, bless him. No, bless let, him. We'll Graham, let, don't. He can take it back. You yeah. Let him take yeah, it back. Yeah, re revoke it. They widened the tunnel, eh? Eamon Holmes no. did the opening. No, don't be clever. No, no, no. <laughs> We're not at home to Mrs. Cheeky. <laughs> Have another go, Harry, and, um, Hounslow East. Ah, oh, that's, yeah, that's, oh, that's right. Right. No, be yeah. fair. Be no, fair. No, be fair. No, encouraging. Yeah. No, no, well done. That's very good. Well done, well done, very well done. Well, it, it, it wasn't approached on the diagonal. Well, you can say that. Oh, it no, wasn't. It's too it just wasn't. <laughs> Was not. Oh. Let's talk about it later when he's gone. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Give him a chance. Yeah. No, I will take that, and I'll go, um, Stockwell. There we are. Seven Sisters, I suppose. I did that... Well, it's obvious. Seven Sisters. Bond Street. In your lap. In your lap. Well, I'm actually very nervous about... about saying anything now. It's... Mm. <laughs> It's I'm in the air and it's there for a long time. Close to tears. <laughs> well, can you get him his, his little cat puppet? He'll, he'll cheer up then. <laughs> it's not a puppet. Don't spoil it for the band. <laughs> Great Portland Street. Very good. Thank you. Yes, very yeah. good. You with your mocking. Yeah. Very good. Um... All oh, right. Yes. Um, Oval. Mornington Crescent. Thanks. Oh for no! Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. That was, so that was very clever. <laughs> that was that is, that is. I still say it wasn't approached on the diagonal. No, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. We will go on. The next game is called What's the Link? I'll present the teams with a series of names from various list-based trivia books which I have had thoroughly researched and shamelessly pillaged. The teams should try to guess what these people have in common. So, for example, if I were to list Gordon Brown, Charlotte Green, Lionel Blue and Scylla Black, the teams would immediately work out that they were all named after snooker balls. <laughs> Okay, Harry, we'll start with you. 
Tell me what connects ears, eyebrows, noses, cheeks, tongues, lower lips and nipples. Uh, it's the bashful person's guide to foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> or Michael Jackson's litter bin. Well, it says here they're the most frequently pierced body parts. Does that mean over and over again? <laughs> I'm frequently pierced. <laughs> You're always pierced. <laughs> Graham, now, can you tell us what links the following? Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Gregory Peck, Aristotle, a loaf of bread and the boat race. Ah, this is, uh, this is rhyming slang, isn't it? Uh, Aristotle bottle, loaf of bread head, boat raised face. Uh, Gregory Peck, rhyming slang for wreck. And the rhyming slang equivalent for uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is contraceptive coil. As in, my girlfriend's been fitted with a Sir Arthur. <laughs> a very full answer there, I think you'll find. Yes. Well, you, you very nearly got them right. <laughs> Gregory Peck, as you know, is a Czech. Aristotle is a bottle. That's a bit of a roundabout one. I'm not going into that. A loaf of bread is your head. The boat race is your face. And Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is a boil. <laughs> as in, I've got a Sir Arthur on me book. Now then. <laughs> Tim, what connects Boy Scouts, butchers, farmers and syphilis? These, these are all hazards of orienteering. <laughs> St. George is patron saint of all of them. Boy Scouts, butchers, farmers and syphilis. Patron the saint patron... of syphilis? Well, don't it's not I... the sort of saint I want. You imagine syphilis day. That's, that's the correct how did, answer. How did St. George find out about Boy Scouts? <laughs> I think the pieces are falling into place now. You're talking to me as if I compiled the bloody book. <laughs> Barry, how about you? Can you please connect God, Pudding, Charlie's, Cheese and Beards? This is the Reader's Digest version of the Old Testament. God, obviously. Pudding, manna from heaven, in the, you know, in its original form. Charlie's, Jezebel and subsequent temptresses. And uh, beards, practically everybody. Reader's Digest version of the Old Testament. You left out cheese. Oh, no, <laughs> yes. No, but he had the pudding. Charlie's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> cheese was manna from heaven, and Charlie's were the temptresses in the Old Testament. I'm uh, here to tell you, as they say nowadays, that they're all examples of public school slang. God is a sixth-form boy at Eton. Pudding is something very easy. Charlie's is Winchester slang for thick gloves made of twine. Cheese is a dandy. And beards is an exclamation of surprise at the Lees School. Okay. <sighs> I'm just thinking, I was in the sixth form at Eton and I seem to have missed out somewhere. Were you a fag? I was Lord Carrington's fag. And I, told, and I told a, an interviewer on American television, coast to coast. <laughs> and the late Liberace was on the phone before I got out of the studio. 
Here are some for anybody. What connects Marilyn Monroe, Saddam Hussein, Catherine Cookson and Coco Chanel? Well, it's not strictly a connection in all of them because they've all got weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> except Saddam Hussein. <laughs> No, they were all born out of wedlock. Good Lord. Is that in Derbyshire? <laughs> what connects a goldfish, a weasel, a chicken, a mouse bar and Barry Cryer? <laughs> They've all been battered in a Glasgow chip shop. <laughs> well, the answer is all have been known to turn white. A goldfish will turn white if left in a darkened room. Some species of weasel turn white in winter. A chicken turns white when cooked. A Mars bar turns white if left out, as we all know, in the sun and then quickly frozen. That's what I'm doing wrong. And Barry Cryer had black hair when he started. <laughs> what connects Jaws, Wombat, the Sniggerer and Flop? That's uh, the last four leaders of the Conservative Party. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, I yielded to temptation. The answer is they're, they're all childhood nicknames of members of the royal family. Prince Edward was Jaws, probably still is. Prince William was, <laughs> Prince William was Wombat, Prince Andrew was the Sniggerer, and Prince Philip was Flop. <laughs> Whether it was the Queen who gave him that nickname, I don't know. <laughs> OK, finally, what connects the hen, the bear, the queen, the drum roll, the surprise and the miracle? Oh, uh, these are all sexual positions. <laughs> the hen um, and the bear are self-explanatory, really. Um, the queen is the woman on top, but waving. <laughs> um, The drum roll is one strictly for exhibitionists. Um, <clears throat> surprise, also known as the soap in the shower. And, uh, the, and the miracle, I don't think we need expand upon. Even, even if we could. They're all symphonies by Haydn. And so, ladies and gentlemen... As the crocodile of time attacks the Australian of hope <laughs> and the primary school teacher of eternity tells them not to be so rude to tourists, I notice it's the end of the show. So from the team Samantha, myself and the fine folk of Buxton, it's goodbye. Tim Brooke Taylor, Barry Cryer, Graham Garden and Harry Hill were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson, and the producer was John Naismith. 